Thank you for tuning in to this week's message. For more information about Connections Church, you can go to connectionschurch.church or follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Amen. Give the Lord a hand of praise again this morning, church. He is worthy, worthy of all our praise. And you may be seated if you can. Thank you again for coming out today. And as uh, Hunter and Scott and Joseph, everyone has mentioned so far, there is nothing like being with family. So welcome back today. Welcome to all of you who are uh, with us online. We, we don't forget about you. You are important. We love you. And one day soon, you're going to be in here with us as uh, the Lord works all of that out for you guys. But man, what a great feeling. We have truly Missed you all more than we could ever say, and it's so good to be back home again with you all. It's it's just really weird. The first week, it was like very strange with no one else in this room except for our team who helped put this together, and then the weeks that kept coming, it got stranger and stranger. I can't tell you it got comfortable because it didn't. There is nothing like being together, and so thank you all. We, we haven't told you to give each other a hug or a handshake. One of these days, we'll be able to do that again, right? I was walking around this morning with my hands in my pocket because it's just second nature for me to want to reach out and, and hug somebody and give them a handshake and all that. And I, I'll be honest with you, I'm just going to be confessing right now. I did did that a couple of times. So will you forgive me? Thank you. I, I knew you would. So it's just really tough. And I know Miss Erin, we were talking this morning because she's like me and she loves that also. And so it, she just found her a table and sat down and stayed there and didn't mill around and, and be tempted by that. But thanks be to God, he is healing our land and, and great things are happening. And so so we welcome you today. And we're going to finish up a study that we started kind of when all this craziness started entitled Limitless. And today we're landing on a, an area that is so time and so important, and it's all about community. Now, uh, you know, I'm sure that, that a lot of you, and maybe you haven't been able to go to work, and maybe you haven't been able to get out much, maybe you haven't ventured to Walmart, Lowe's, or Home Depot like 50 million other people have, so you've just kind of been stuck at home and, and feeling the, the, the loneliness and the isolation a whole lot. You know, a lot of people struggle with that anyway, and this only intensifies that, and so when, when you struggle with that, you may be tempted to sing the old, old Elvis song, I'm so lonesome I could cry. Anybody remember that one? There's a few of us veterans in here who know what that's all about. And, and even with all the modern technology that we have to bring us together, we, we still see this in, in a lot of ways that we're still so isolated and, and separated. It was Dan Brown who made this statement a couple of years back. He said, even the technology that promises to unite us divides us. Each of us is now electronically connected to the globe, and yet we feel utterly alone and how tragic that is. We as human beings, we crave community. We crave that that touch. We crave that connection. I remember years ago going on missions trips to Jamaica with, with another church I used to be with and, and going to the to the hills, not the, the commercial side of it, not the vacation spots, but going up in the hillsides where they lived in shacks and shanties. We 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 focused on orphanages there. And Miss Lori, she was with us on several of those trips. She can attest to this. And those orphanages were so pitiful. So heartbreaking. You would go and, and all of these kids would just come running out and they would just beeline it to you. Never seen you before in their lives and yet they would come and they would just cling to us and, and wrap their little arms around our legs and, and they craved that human touch and that connection so much. And your hearts went out to the workers because there were so few of them and, and it was nothing for them to wake up in the morning and there would, be, there would be a baby or a small child in a box on their front doorstep. No name, no information. 
but I remember those kids would just cling to us and just, just be with us the whole time we were there, just wanting to touch and wanting to hold and wanting to be near us. It's no secret. We were created for connection. We were created for relationship, for community, and that's exactly what the first thing I want to reiterate to you this morning is that we were created for just that community. From the very first start of creation, the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, that God said it's not good for man to be alone. You've heard that before, right? And I know he was talking about the context of, of putting Adam with Eve. He gave Eve, Adam a helper, right? And boy, did he need it. It's not good for us men to be alone, right, women? You know what, what, what that's all about. But in the reality, it was a broader term than just a man and a woman. It was, it was the reality that man was not created to be alone, and it's not good for man, for human beings to be alone. So God realized that, and he said, you know what? I'm going to give you companionship. I'm going to give you partnership. I'm going to give you relationship. In the beginning, we were created to have relationship with God, but we also need relationship with who? One another, each other. Turn to somebody near you. Don't touch them. <laughs> How dare you? But just look at them and say, I need you and you need me, right? We are created for relationship, companionship, and community. Church, there is little that is so difficult for a person to bear as loneliness. Prisoners held in solitary confinement have told of rejoicing to see even a spider in their cell. And the reason why they say at least it's something else that is alive. God created us to be communal beings. Yet in our modern world, again, it's frighteningly devoid of relationships in many areas of life. Technological progress has resulted in the deterioration of community. Increasingly, technology has made people seem tragically unnecessary. And that was never God's plan. He created us to commune, to relate, to be together, to walk together, live together, understanding and friendships and all of that great stuff. And also God has planted in each of us an instinctive longing to achieve a closer likeness to him, a longing that urges us towards love, community, and unity. In his last prayer, the words of Jesus points out the importance of this very longing. He said, may they all be as you, Father, are in me and I in you. So also may they be in us that the world may believe that you did send me. What Jesus is saying here is this. God, you and I are together. We are one. We are united. We are unified. And so I pray now that they, talking about us, that they, all of us, would be united into them as well. That we would be all one together relationally. That we would belong to each other and understand how important that truly is. Every person is called to love and to help those around them on God's behalf. God wants us to find community with one another and to help one another in that love that he talks about. And there is no doubt that when we meet our brothers or sisters in most heart, then we can help them for our help is given by God himself. As John says in his writings, we know that we have passed from death to life because we what? Love one another. Community. Relationship. Met someone last night, a new friend at a restaurant when, when my amazing wife and I, and she's incredible and happy anniversary for sticking with me all these years. We were out having a, a little dinner finally and getting out. Thank you. 
to go out to eat, which was nice. And I think I had my tea glass filled like 50 times just to make up for lost time. And, and, and I met a new friend last night. He just moved here from Texas. And, 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 and he moved here when all of the stuff shut down to take a new job and, and, and be the manager of the restaurant. And, and man, he just stopped in and greeted us, introduced himself. Super nice guy. And I, I, I told Tiffany, we met a new friend tonight after we left. It was just so amazing. But he talked about moving here and then all of a sudden everything's shutting down and him not knowing anybody except for the gentleman who hired him. And, and he's been all alone for 10 weeks now in a new place. And man, he just stopped and shared and shared. And then, then we connected afterwards. He texted each other's information and, and all that good stuff. And, and I told him, man, let's get together, hang out. I want to I help you get assimilated. We want to build a relationship and a friendship and all that. Because why? People need that. And if you take the time to find out and hear the hearts of people, you'll realize that, that a lot of people are longing for that relationship. They're longing for that community to belong to somebody, somewhere. That's how cults grow. That's how they get so big because they're offering relationship. They have lies that they are built upon, not the truth of God's word, but yet people are blinded to that because the first thing that grabs them is relationship. Somebody actually cares about me. Somebody's interested in me. Somebody wants to, to hang out with me. And man, so they, they, they're drawn to that like a, a moth to a light. That's what we're supposed to be, church, Right? Building community, loving people. We are created for just that. Powerful, life-changing relationships. God's called us all to be that type of relationship builder with everyone that we can. Can I tell you, during this shutdown, as, as we call it, man, every week that I would show up here, I would be crushed because you weren't here. It hurt. I mean, I felt it physically. As a matter of fact, I vividly remember Easter weekend. How many of you had a great Easter, I hope? I remember Easter weekend coming over here on Saturday. Because why? That's what I always used to do. I mean, we always do that. We always come. Scott and, and Joseph and the team and all of us, you know, come and, and make sure things are ready and prepped and set and everything. And, and it was so weird this Easter because we're doing things different or have for the last 10 or so weeks. And, and then and we just, I just come over here and, and nobody else was here. And, and there was really nothing else to do because everything was set. We've kind of had all the cameras and lights and different things set to, to stream services and all that good stuff. And, and I remember just being in my truck out there. I come in the building, walked around, and it just hurt to be in here because I knew that tomorrow, Easter Sunday, you weren't going to be here with us physically. And so it just hurt. And then I, I went out. I didn't know what else to do. I mean, I, you've probably been in a situation like that at some point in time in some way or another. But I, I just remember sitting in my truck and, and just rolling around out in the front yard and just finally parked and looked at the church. And I just, I just began to tear up and, and cry thinking, God, this isn't right. We'll not be with our family tomorrow. I'm not talking about just our immediate family that God birthed us into. I'm talking about the family of God called Connection, my church family. And I just sat there for like 15, 20 minutes. I don't even know how long it was. And I, I just ached inside. I, I, do you understand what I'm saying? And man, I, I just wanted to write out so many things and send out a post, but I didn't. I just, I just knew that I, I was going to have to just endure that. And I kept saying, God, change this. Bring us back together. Because we were created for community. Second thing I want to remind you of this morning is that when we are born again, we are born into the family of God. 
Well, what does that mean to be a part of God's family? Well, simply this. The Bible teaches that Jesus Christ and, and the Father are one, as we mentioned a moment ago, out of John 1, verses 1 through 4, and that he is also the only begotten Son of God, Hebrews 1, 1 through 4. And this familial term indicates that God regards Jesus as his family member. And to be born again, as born-again believers, we are told that we, too, are members of this family, the family of God. In Romans chapter 9, verse 8, and 1 John 3, 1 through 2. So how do we become a part of the family of God? When we hear the gospel, confess our sins, and place our faith and trust in Jesus Christ as our Savior and our Lord. We are at that moment born into the kingdom of God, and as his children, we become heirs with Jesus for eternity. Doesn't that sound great? Now, most of you, many of you, hopefully all of you, have, have made that, that step in your life, have, have said yes to Christ and to the family of God. So when we are part of the community of Christ, then, then this is how it plays out. God is our dad, right? I mean, just, whoo, that, that's like a mind-blowing fact to, to grab a hold of. God is our father. He's our dad. I mean, you just think about just running up and jumping in his lap saying, hey, pops, I'm here. I mean, I know you're like, well, you can't do that. Not, you know, we will one day, right? I think, I hope. I mean, it's just amazing. And Jesus is our, our big brother. How many of you have a big brother? How many of you are a big brother? I am. Isn't there something comforting about having a big brother to have you back? Hopefully that's the kind of big brother that you are or, or that you have. And, and somebody's messing with you as a little kid. And you're like, okay, I'm going to go tell my big brother. Whoop, okay, things change quickly, right? Jesus, the ultimate big brother. We are born into that family. We are heirs of God and co-heirs. We're brothers with, with Christ. Man, that's powerful. I remember the old song, We Are Family. We are family. Get up, everybody, and sing. Woo! Pretty impressive, right? I've been practicing for 10 weeks. I'm just kidding. But we are family, and that's the family that we are in. Now, think about it this way. We have the perfect dad, and I know some of you have grown up in a family that wasn't so perfect. As a matter of fact, some of you, unfortunately, grew up in a family that was kind of terrible, and I, and I hate that for you because that is, that is just really, really challenging. Really tough, really painful. But guess what? With, with God the Father, he's the perfect dad. He's not abusive. He's not going to hurt you. He's not going to do anything to damage you. So we've got a perfect father. And, and Jesus, man, you know about him. Perfect big brother. Never sinned. He was always there. He will always be there. He told us, I'll never leave you or forsake you. I'm going to be right there with you always. So we've got a perfect big brother. And we're born in the family of God, which means we are siblings, Right? You're my brother, you're my sister, so take me by the hand. Another old song, I'm getting nostalgic today. But we are family. But here's the rub with that now. I just want to give you a little forewarning. We're not quite perfect yet, are we? Have you noticed that? I mean, we are being perfected as God's children. He's working on us daily. He's trying to work on us. Sometimes we kind of pull back from that a little bit and say, you know what, I kind of like how I am. He's got, no, you need, to, you need to have that rubbed out of your life or whatever. We need to chisel that off. But no, but we aren't quite there yet. So sometimes we hurt each other. You ever notice that? I mean, even as the Christians, you know, even as the church. So that's where grace Forgiveness, love, and mercy all come into play. We're not perfect yet, but man, we should be being perfected by our perfect Heavenly Father each and every day. We need each other as the family of God. And the Bible says when we are born again, that we are truly born into His family. What a powerful, 
powerful revelation that is. And remember too, now, now hear this. You ready for something else on this? Real quick. The Bible talks about something called um, wolves in sheep's clothing. You ever heard that story, read that passage? Which means that some people who are claiming to be in the family, in the fold, a part of the, the sheep group, aren't necessarily really sheep. They're wolves and they've got ulterior motives and, and, and it's not good. So you've got to be able to discern. But that's a whole other sermon for another time. But listen, the reality is people who truly love Jesus, look at me, church. People who truly have surrendered their hearts and lives to him and are saying, God, keep working in me. Keep working in me. Help me change to be who you want me to be. Those are the people that are your true brothers and sisters in Christ. They are truly family. And you know what? At the heart of it all, they are going to have your best interest in their heart and their mind, their desire. As a matter of fact, we're going to have that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. And who he is is who we are becoming to literally say that you are my brother, you're my sister, I love you so much that I'm willing to lay my life down for you because that's what Jesus did. He said, I gave my life for you, the sheep. The shepherd literally did that. Look at me, that's the kind of family we are born into where our big brother is willing to give everything just for us. How amazing is that? And then the third reminder this morning is don't miss the fact that there is power. Power in community. We've been talking about limitless power, limitless everything, man. This morning, it's about limitless community. I want you to hear the passage out of Acts where we've been kind of basing the study on Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 42, where it says this, and they continued steadfastly. The, the new Christians that were born at the first church there after Jesus resurrected and went back to heaven and the power of the Holy Spirit came down in the upper room, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrines, fellowship, breaking of bread, and in prayers. And then wonder and awe came upon every so, and many miracles and signs were done through those apostles. Now, all who believed, get this, were together. If you, if you don't mind writing in your Bible, and I hope you don't, mark those words. All who believed were what? 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 Together. What does that imply? That they were united. Were they together as this amoeba of people just always go, like one goes to the bathroom, all 30,000 go to the bathroom? No, not necessarily like that. One goes to Walmart to get their groceries, all of them go? No. But they were together in heart, mind, spirit, and, and physically many times through the week. Because we continue to read and it says this, and they sold their possessions, they had all things in common and goods and divided them up among all as anyone had need and continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, in other words, they're hanging out at each other's houses, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Verse 47, praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. So what do we pick up on here? that they gathered together on a regular basis, that those who, were believe, who believed were together, that they needed each other. The reality that there is strength in numbers. One can put 1,000 to flight. The Bible says two can put how many? 10,000 to flight. There's power when we come together. A three-strand cord is not easily broken, Proverbs tells us. So we are not called to live Lone Ranger Christian lives. We are called to live together. All the believers together, one heart, one mind, one purpose. I'm not out to fulfill my agenda. I'm out to fulfill his agenda. And if you are too, then we're going to be together in that. And we are going to move mountains in our way and see miracles take place. 
And the big stuff and the small stuff, we're going to rally around people who are in need, who are hurting, who are our family. And we're going to love on them in Jesus. And we're going to see the oil and the wine poured in, as the Bible talks about, and healing come to their hearts and their lives. We're going to be together. Whether it be few or many, we have decided and we are declaring that we as Connections Church are called to be together through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And we are going to grab a hold of that call and we're going to live it out no matter what. Together. Luke informs us that all the believers were of one heart and one mind. They were united And I want to tell you people this this morning, both in this room and outside of it. The writings of all God's word, they all conclude this. Are you ready for this? Nudge your neighbor and say, don't don't miss this. Well, just nudge them, air nudge. No, you're not supposed to touch each other. But listen to this. They all conclude that God intends the church not to be one more bolt on the wheel of activity in our lives. Listen to me but the very hub at the center of our lives. And that's called priority. That's called priority and prioritizing God and his family. Randy Fries writes that the experience of authentic community is one of the purposes of God intends to be fulfilled by the church. The writings of scripture tells us that that is to be the center point of our lives, Christ and his family. These people were united. They got a hold of that. And I'm going to tell you here some 2,000 years later, the plan has not changed. Being a part of a community of faith is absolutely crucial to our spiritual well-being is the bottom line. And the last thing I want to remind you of this morning is simply this. We are called to stay together because the day is on the way. Does that make sense? Let me just stop and and, and say this right now. So many questions have come up during these last 10, 11, 12 weeks or whatever. We've been hit time and time again. Is this the end? Pastor Scott, is it over? Are we winding down? Is Jesus about to come? Pastor Robert, what's going on? Where are we on the, on the, the timeline of the return of Christ? Where, where are we? I mean, it, it looks like things are, are coming to a conclusion as we, we see in the book of Revelation. Where are we? Well, I'm here to tell you, I'm not exactly sure because no man knows the day or the hour, but I'm telling you this, we're a whole lot closer than we used to be, and I feel in my heart of hearts that we are drawing very, very, very close. And that's exactly what the writer of Hebrews encourages us here with he's talking about in Hebrews 10 24 and 25 let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works and not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching that day when the eastern sky is going to split and the trumpet of God is going to blast And Jesus is going to step out on the clouds and call his children home, his brothers and sisters home. That day is approaching. The writer of Hebrews was saying, hey, don't stop getting together. Don't stop loving Christ. Don't stop serving Jesus. Don't stop being a part of the family of God. And the reason he's writing this is because these Hebrews were facing similar 
pressure as we are right now. They were being persecuted. All hell was breaking loose against them. And they, many of them, were deciding, you know what? I can't take it. I'm walking away. I am going to forsake the family. And the writer is pleading with them here, do not forsake. It's the same terminology where, where Jesus wondered if God was forsaking him when he was going to the cross. And we know that God said, no, I am with you. I am right here. It's all going to be okay. It's that same terminology. The writer of Hebrews is right here. Don't walk away. Don't depart what you know to be truth. Endure like a good soldier. Hang in there. Don't give up. And here's a big part of that. Stay connected. Stay together. Assemble. And I know preachers have used this verse for years to, to stay. Stay in church, people. Come on, keep coming out. And man, how true is that? I plead with you and I plead with you, everybody who's listening to this right now, do not give up on the church don't walk away from your family of faith. How crucial it is always and even more as we see whoo, the day approaching. That day, that glorious day. Many have been disillusioned with the church. Many have been hurt by the church. Many have been disappointed by the church. Many have simply been just drawn away by the things of this world that at the time seemed more glamorous and fun and exciting than the church. Many, many, many have forsaken the church. Believe me, guys, I've been in ministry for over 30 years, and I have grown up, literally cut my teeth on a church pew. Anybody remember pews? <laughs> Those big wooden benches. Some of them had padding on it if you were real fortunate and had a little bit of cover there. Some of them just straight wood, and man, you had to endure Woo, it was tough. I've been in church literally my entire life, period. Soon as we got home from the hospital, you know where my mama had me? On one of those pews, taking my nap, taking my bottle, cutting my teeth, as they say. And I've seen it for 50-plus years now. I know I don't look but 40, but believe me. Okay, nobody's laughing. That, that hurts. You're my family. Come on, you got to... I've seen hundreds of people who at one time had the fire of God just roaring in their lives. You thought, man, they are never going to leave this. Years later, they're nowhere to be found. They're MIA. They've walked away. They've forsaken, forsaken the assembling, the church, the family. You would just close your eyes for a moment. I just want to remind you one more time. We need each other. We desperately need community. We need family. More than anything in this entire world, we need the family of God. We need his great salvation. We need to walk in relationship with him as we were created to do. And we need each other. I am so sick of this, this lie that's permeating our society saying that we don't need the church anymore. 
We don't need to get together. We can serve God on our own, isolated, away from his family. I say lie, deception, because that is not what the Bible tells us clearly. So if you're listening right now in this room, outside of this room, and for whatever reason, whatever's happened, that has pulled you away from God's family. The fervency, the fire, the commitment, the love, the zeal, the passion, all of that is no longer in your life for our Father and his family. Would you just, in this room, let me know by raising your hand right now and say, Pastor, pray for me, I'm struggling. Pray for me, I, I've been, been wavering. I, you're here today, so apparently... You're doing pretty good. Not saying that those aren't here or not, but just if something's happened, if something's pulling at you right now, if something's been a, a struggle in your life and you just need some, some people to rally around you as the family of God and pray, thank you. Would you just raise your hand too with these that, that have already raised their hand? I just want to pray over you this morning. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Maybe you're struggling with something else. Yes, ma'am, thank you. Struggling with something else in your life that has to do with that. I... I, I when I was preparing this week, I just, I just really saw this family thing, this dynamic. And, and, and we, we look at God through the lens of, of what our families looked like, like all too often growing up. And sometimes we, we use that to say that's how God is, that, that I was in a dysfunctional family big time and, and there was abuse or neglect or hurt or, or whatever, criticism and, and on and on and on. Maybe you've struggled with that, with your picture of who God is. And this morning he wants to set you free from that way of thinking and living, would you just raise your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. Pray for me right now. Yes, thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Yes. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Here's what I want to ask that we do right now. And if you're watching us and you're able to comment right now or ask for prayer right now or let us know that you're in need right now, would you please do that? We're not going to miss you either because right now you're a part of this prayer. Would everybody just stand to your feet across this room? We had a number of people that raised their hand wanting the Lord to do something powerful in their lives. And we're going to pray that for everybody. Lord, we honor you. We bless you. We are so thankful to be back together in your house right now. And Lord, we, we truly give you praise and honor and glory and worship with everything that we have and everything that we are because you are worthy. And right now, God, we know that you have called us to deeper community. You're calling us, you're calling us right now to deeper fellowship and relationship with you and each other, God, because the reality is the closer we all get to Jesus, the closer we all get to each other and how beautiful that is. And so right now, God, would you just bind us together, pull us together, God, mend us together, fuse us together as family. That we have put aside all the junk of this world, all the pettiness, all the, all the politicism, the games and, 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 and drama that people love to, to entangle in right now. All the civilian affairs, as the word describes them, will be left behind. And we are all about the Father and His family from this moment on, God. Help us keep that at the forefront of who we are and what we're all about. 
And God, I just pray for those who struggle with family situations growing up, that you would begin to pour in your healing right now to them, that you would begin to, to let them feel your presence and your, your love as never before, God, that would bring a new dimension to that, God. They would see you in a whole new way, Lord, and those old models would be thrown out the door, God, and put on the, the trash heap, God, and they would really know you for their father that, that loves them with an everlasting love. And will not hurt them, Lord, but is only there to help them and heal them. God, thank you. We acknowledge without a doubt that we desperately need you in our lives. And for those who maybe haven't been a part of the family of God, but right now they want to surrender their hearts to you, Jesus. Thank you for that as they pray and ask you to come in. and Be their Lord and be their Savior. Forgive them of their sins, God. And we welcome them to the family of God right now as our brothers and our sisters. And we thank you for the precious gift of eternal life, God. In Jesus' mighty name, would you sing this with us as we're dismissed this morning one more time. He is worthy. Let's worship together. Thank you for tuning in to this week's message. For more information about Connections Church, you can go to connectionschurch.church or follow us on Facebook and Instagram.